What up, Fatherhoods Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. They've got ill creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all that. You can make a little paper from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is KGB. What up, is DJ EFN. Yo, and this is your man, Manny Digital. Welcome to the Fatherhoods Podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diamonds. This episode of the Fatherhoods Podcast is brought to you by Fly Dad. Fly Dad provides functional, practical gear for sophisticated dads like you, our listeners, and us, the fatherhoods. The homies over at Fly Dad hold a few sleep experts and a whole lot of new dads to come up with the nine best baby sleep hacks just for dads. Hit up flydadgear.com and navigate to sleep hacks at the top for your free download. You're welcome. Just say that he's here. He's been a, a previous guest. Welcome, Mr. Michael Garcia. Garcia. <laughs> Recently, well, no, this is not your first VMA nomination, right? It is. Oh, it so, is? so wait, wait. I feel like this is not the first. Bro, you fucking it up for him right now. Like, let him live right now. Uh, we're going to backtrack. We're backtrack. No, it is my first VMA nomination, though. No, let's, right, give, let's, 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 let's give the in-depth details. On yeah, this yeah, first. yeah. But so, so people, so, so our listeners understand, we have a, a a pre-conversation before we actually hit the record button. So when we do hit the record button, we kind of don't act. It's not like it's a brand new conversation. We're kind of just continuing the conversation. Yeah. So apologies. But, uh, to give some backstory here, um, and I'll let G talk about it. Um, Garcia, who who's been fucking killing the the directorial game. Um, for for a lot of uh, big music videos, uh, for big artists and stuff, and a lot of artists just across the board, just great work, big and small artists. Um, recently got nominated for VMA. Uh, it's right now the the when did the the vo- when does the voting end? Uh, I think it ends the day before, so I I would imagine that's August. That's August 29th. I think you can vote all the way up because the VMAs are August 30th. Um, so I think August 29th will be your last official day that you can vote. There you go. So, so, you, so let people know the video, um, and 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 exactly how people can vote. Because when this comes out, it'll still be people can still vote. Yeah, yeah. Um, the video is Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, it's starring Megan Fox. The record is called Bloody Valentine, and we got nominated in the best alternative category. Um, it's an alternative record. It's it's kind of like uh, early two thousands punk pop. Um, it's a, a whole new genre. Pop. Punk pop, yeah, yeah. It's like Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tra- Travis Barker produced it, right? Yeah, Travis Barker yep. did produce it. Oh, was really, no. Yeah, he, yeah, he did the whole album for Machine Gun Kelly, and Machine Gun nice. Kelly's really been uh, going into this genre. And um, you know, we're really proud of the video, man. It was, it was really dope, and uh, just uh, a really great experience all around. And then, you know, we got nominated for a VMA, which is a lifelong dream of mine. So right. that was, and apparently, it's also Machine Gun Kelly's first VMA nomination as well. Oh, so, dope. 
Yeah, so it was a lifelong dream for him as well. You know, and that's all going to so be you, virtual, right? Like, there's no award ceremony in the physical there, form. It, it's kind of up in the air. I know that I can't go. Usually, I would be allowed to go, um, but in this situation, they're keeping audiences very limited to no audience. They're the from what I've been just the artists, and from what I've been reading, they're going to be doing performances in all five boroughs of New York because the VMAs are in New York this year. Right. Um, I still think kind of Florida sucks, allowed. Though. Yeah, yeah. They definitely <laughs> don't want to make what do you uh, mean? It, it, it kind of sucks though, because like you know, for the last five years, I've been telling my daughter, you know, when Daddy gets a VMA nomination, you're going to be my date. Oh. Uh, and then you know, we got the nomination, and she's like, "So are we going to go?" And I'm like, uh, "We're not allowed to." You know, I kind of oh. felt bad to let her down on that one, but you know, she'll be with me when we watch it, though. Yeah. Well, so okay, that wasn't the story though that you wanted to because when me and you were texting, no, 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 you said you had a, a story that that related to fatherhood when it came to the when you found out about the nomination with your daughter. Yeah, so the nominations, uh, I forgot the exact date they were announced, but when they came out, uh, I knew that the nominations were going to be announced at four thirty. I didn't know if I was nominated though or not. I. I had some people in the industry telling me that I had a strong possibility of getting nominated because the video was a big hit. And um, so I said, you know what? Let me not tell my kid what's going on. Let me not tell my mother because, you know, I have a Hispanic mom that'll get all excited and then her heart will shatter in a heartbeat if I don't get it. So I, um, I made sure that I was with them when the announcement came out. And then when the announcement came out, you know, I had talked to my daughter about the VMAs. We watch the VMAs every year. Um, and I told her how I grew up as an MTV kid watching Young TV raps and Headbangers Ball and, you know, every MTV show possible that you can imagine. So I've always wanted to be nominated for a VMA, whether as an artist or as a director, you know. So when the nominations came out, I walked in, I sat down with her and I said, yo, Julie, listen, you know, I'm always telling you, no matter what happens, that you could do whatever you want to do in life. And since I was 14 years old, growing up watching MTV, I've always wanted to get a VMA. And now I got nominated for a VMA. And she was like, oh, my God, Dad, that's awesome. And I say, yeah, but you got to understand something. It took me 28 years to get nominated for a VMA. So I just want to make sure you know that you, everything you do in life is possible, but you just can't give up. Because that's a big lesson in our household. It's just like never giving up on your dreams. Even if I tell her it's not possible, Mommy tells her it's not possible, doesn't matter. You just got to go for it. So it was a really... To me, if like I win the VMA, that's cool. You know, getting nominated obviously meant a lot. But for me, being able to showcase that life lesson to my kid was like probably something I'd be able to take with me for the rest of my life. That I was able to show by yeah, that I was I was able to show her by example that look, daddy's you know just a street kid from Miami that grew up with his boys, and him and his boys just had dreams of you know turning music into a sustainable business and and living with our with our culture, you know, living off of our culture of hip hop, you know, and music in general. And to be able to show her by example, like, look, this is an accolade. And, you know, she also has to, now she's like, oh my God, you know, and also told her, but look, you know, we're still going back to a two bedroom apartment, you know, like nothing, nothing changes, you know, and there's still a lot of work to do. So just because I was able to knock an accolade off, that just means daddy has to work harder now because now the competition is going to get bigger. Everything gets bigger. So daddy's got to work even harder, Mm -hmm. but I just wanted to show her that she could do whatever she wanted to do, whether it's in dance, whether whatever career path she chooses, she can attain anything she wanted. Because if I was able to do this for Miami, you know, with virtually no connections, you know, me and E came from the ground up, you know, we bullheaded our way into this industry. 
everybody in Crazy Hood did, you know, and to be able to turn that into this and with the amount of ups and downs I've had in life, you know, to show her that you can still come out on top no matter what was a really good lesson for me to show my kid. That was a long yeah. answer. I'm sorry. That deserves an applause there, man. I don't hear it. You don't hear it? <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, clap louder, motherfuckers. Yo, audience, come on, man. Oh, Very faint. Very faint. Damn. Gee, is that a Luke Records uh, t-shirt you got on? Yeah, made by my Dadeware. people at uh, Dadeware. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wanted to, so first and foremost, obviously, congratulations. Um, that is that is a a big thing. Um, and what's interesting about I think your trajectory, right? I mean, you started out as a as a an MC, and you're you uh, not that you've hung up the microphone, but that's less of what you do these days, right? But you mm-hmm. you focus on the the videography, the directorial kind of stuff behind the camera. And and it's interesting to me, especially you just hit something on the head that I'm I always like when I look at E, right? I'm always like, damn, yo. Like I, I've even said to E a couple of times, like, yo, you should move to New York and yada yada. He's like, nah, son. Like, it's I, I he, there's no need to. Especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. But before, when it was much more difficult to get noticed when you're not from New York or California, mm-hmm. right? Like y'all mm-hmm. were able to make a mark. Or internet yeah. isn't such a big yeah, there, tool. There, there was no such thing at the time, right? Mm-hmm. So like it, it's it's really I mean, I gotta applaud you guys because it's really it's got like I, I me in your shoes, I would have looked for the easy route and that probably would have been pick up and move. And I would have been in New York or some shit like that. You guys made it, you know, possible from down there. You about to say something? I, mean, well, <laughs> I don't know if he was or I was. No, I mean, no, no, I, go ahead, I, go ahead. Was you're our guest. Yeah, I mean, well, um, you know, this all became possible, whether E knows it or not, because of E. If you literally look back at the trajectory from the past, right, you hit it. I was started as an MC, right? So I started as an MC, and then I E gave me the idea of like, yo, take film classes because I was really into film. And in high school, I was doing little short films, and he's like, yo, take film classes so we can make music videos for Crazy Hood. So I learned how to edit and went to college before I dropped out and took directing course one and two and editing and learned a little bit about this and that just so we could buy handheld camcorders remember e we would go to mm-hmm. best buy and buy cameras because we were broke we'd buy the camera and they had a 30-day return policy and we'd return it yep. <laughs> and you know and i was yeah straight up and you know we had like uh you know like a you know a little light like this and shit you know like just to try to like figure it out you know not yeah. knowing what we we're doing and taking the ups and downs and then when my music career took an upswing um he got really connected with gil green and Gil Green, actually, who's a very famous music video director out of Miami, uh, w- produced some beats for my album. Um, oh, let me turn my phone on. Sorry, yeah. I apologize. Um, he produced some beats for my album, you know? So me and Gil always stayed in contact. I'm sure you, uh, he's actually a veteran of this show. He's been on Father. Yeah, he's been on Father. Um, yeah, so he's uh, he's produced some stuff. And then my music took a left turn. I made bad decisions with my life and everything was kind of falling apart for a second. Not to be dramatic. It just was what it was. I had to recollect myself and rebuild. So then he starts doing the coming home series and he takes me on the road with him and I'm shooting it same way we did back in the past. Just grill us out one little camera, this and that. Uh, life took effect and I had to get a job. So I called Gil to become a production assistant. And Gil took me right up and, you know, basically I was picking up trash for Gil on set and I was picking up trash for, you know, the Hughes brothers. I picked up trash for Michael Bay. I picked up trash for name a director. I've done it. Like huge directors, right? What kind of trash? Is it trash day, change with the director? 
<laughs> What's the most interesting trash? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it depends on what they're eating. You know, I'm driving them around. I'm basically like their bitch. You know, like they got to, you know, Alan Hughes comes into town or, you know, Malik Seed or somebody like that. And I'm, I got to drive them around for eight days and just be basically on call for these guys. Same thing for Mark Romanek. I was his driver. I just, you know, if they needed food, I would, I'd be his runner. I'd go pick it up. But I was really smart and Gil noticed it of whenever they were behind the camera, I would just stand there behind them. You know, other production guys, you know, they would take that break, go smoke weed and go hang on the truck and, you know, not take it. I was just studying the monitor the whole time and talking to the cinematographers, how you lighten this. And I treated it like film school, you know, and just learn from the ground up. And then one day Gil said, look, I got this video for Kodak Black called Tunnel Vision. I'm not going to do it. Do you want to do it? Because I could put you up for it. And I said, yeah. He goes, all right, cool. I'm going to give you a shot. Write a treatment. And that's how I got in the industry as a director. After that, I just took off, you know, and, but it was years of just grinding out 15, 16 hours a day, not sleeping. But for me, that was good. It was therapy. I needed that. I was always partying. I was always, you know, up late drinking. I was doing dumb stuff with my life that I shouldn't have been doing at that time. And I had a lot more to give to the culture that I could have, you know, and I was able to apply it from the ground up and just start from the mud and build a house, you know? Let, let's, let's bring this back to, to fatherhood so when when you're when you're doing this stuff with gil how old's your daughter at this time when you start uh, she's like she's like two years old three years old at that time how old is she and now she's 12 okay yeah. so i'm assuming that you know there's a lot you know well, i know i i'm not assuming i know it's a lot of hours being put into this stuff mm-hmm. with very little income at the time coming in mm-hmm. you know the the, the long-term goal how is this affecting fatherhood? How is it affecting your family life? Um, at, th- at this time, did you have shared custody yet? Uh, no, I was still every other weekend and uh, and then one day a week. Um, me and the me and the mother of my child at that time were kind of going through it, trying to figure that out. Uh, about three years down the line is when I got the shared custody. So the first three years were really rough. But what I did was, being that I was freelance, I just wouldn't work on those weekends like, so if, if a coordinator called me are you available this weekend because you know it's not like you have a paid salary you you work right. when the jobs are there i would just have to shut down jobs and not do it um so i made sure to maintain that schedule with my kid no matter what you know and what it really affected more because i'm a father was friendships and being able to do things with my friends that i'm just not going to be available to do because i only have a certain amount of time to myself right now that i'm not working I'm going to devote that time to my kid every single time. For sure. You know, so, so when my kid is home, I'm home. If she wants to go out, we're going out. So if my peoples might have a show or something at a club or something going on. It's like, your dog, I got to do the father stuff right now because this is what's important, you know? Um, and that's really what got affected is just basically, you know, my real friends obviously stayed my real friends and we communicate on text every day and we talk on the phone all the time. But everybody knows, like, when Mike's got Julie – Mike's not moving. He's just not going nowhere. You know, so. it, it was every other week, was it? I, I, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was. It was at one day a week, every week, and then every other weekend. And that and was starting it, from what age? From with her, like three months, four months. Now wow. I can't. And sorry, guys, I, I can't imagine. Um, like right now, like me having my kids, and and, and you guys, Kay and Manny, could speak into to this too. I couldn't imagine having that much time between me seeing my kids right now, you know? So was that, how difficult was that? And, and it seems like you have a great relationship with her. Um, and you have a really good bond. 
but like I said, I can't imagine it. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like one or two days away from my kid. Like, I just feel like, like, I, like I've missed a lot, you know? Uh, it's torture. I'll be honest with you. I mean, you know, me and the mother and my child definitely weren't meant to be together. You know, and it's, we're great friends now. So this is not to shit on her at all. all right. We just definitely weren't destined to be together. Uh, but, you know, I understand why people stay together for the kids. You know, I used to be like, yo, why are you staying together for the kids? Like, come mm -hmm. on, you can still be a good father and do whatever you got to do. And, and, you know, at that time, three months old, four months old, you know, I considered maybe I should just go back just to be with my daughter. Right. But what kind of, you know, what kind of relationship would that have become? It would have been toxic. Um, luckily now, you know, me and my daughter every day, we talk three times today on FaceTime. You know, I don't have her today. I have her tomorrow. We talk three three times today alone on FaceTime. So there's a lot of different ways to communicate with your children. Now. That our parents, now, now exactly. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, because like my mother and father didn't have that and they weren't together. And my dad really sucked, you know, but it is what it is. But, you know, I'm on the phone with her three, four times a day. Like I said, on FaceTime, I help her with her schoolwork. Um, when her, you know, she's at a point now where she's starting to stay home alone, which is terrifying, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. So I just go by the mother of my child's house because we're cool like that now. So when the mother of my child is working, I'll just go by and bring pastelitos and shit and just hang out, oh, you know, and kick it with them. Oh, yeah, you don't got that in New York. So. And he looked like he just had an <laughs> orgasm, bro. Yeah, his yeah. eyes rolled back into the back of his head and he had like piss shivers. So, yeah, when you, yeah, when, I, when you had to decline jobs that came through on the, the weekends that you had your daughter, how like, how nervous were you? Or, or I don't know if nervous is the right word, but like, were you worried that, damn, this might have been the job that would have been the big break for me or I, I might have met the right person at that job? Mm, yeah, no, I mean, not really, because one thing about Miami's film industry is kind of like LA, there's always big jobs. And mm. if, you, if you know me, you know that like, I'm Hispanic, bro. If, if you even crack the door, I'm walking in. So <laughs> it, it is like, you're not going to stop me from making the connects. You know, I'm really good at befriending people and, and not even from a I want something using you aspect. It's just forming alliances and forming strong working relationships for the future. Um, and I was always a really hard worker. So other people would not turn down jobs because they, they were scared they were going to get replaced for that production assistant position. Like somebody else is going to come take their slot or be the first call from the producer of the next job. I wasn't worried about that because I was out working everybody. I didn't care. You know, I was, bro, I've, I've gotten injured on jobs. I've, I've, I would keep working, you know, so... I just, I needed it. I had nothing else, you know? So like when your back's against the wall like that and you need it, you're going to go for it. The only thing that would scare me sometimes is like, yo, how am I going to make rent or how am I going to pay child support if I don't take this job? Yeah. Um, but you know, I got a shout out to, you know, my fiance now, like she would sometimes cover my child support. When I was broke. You know, she would cover the rent sometimes. She, she held me down. So it, it worked out. Everybody that I needed to believe in me, believed in me. So I just had to show and prove. So you you said something about friendships getting affected because you you chose your child over everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess on a little bit of a lighter note, like was E clowning you back then because he had no kids? So what what was your relationship with E? Uh, me and E have always been cool. E doesn't take shit from nobody. Um, E used to clown everybody in the crew with kids. I'll be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, nothing you know changed. You did, e, so don't even front. You were like, I could totally see him. No, I did clown people with kids, he, 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 but he it wasn't. He wouldn't clown. 
he wouldn't call. Let me, yeah. let me let me rephrase that. He wouldn't understand how if we had to be in the studio or we had to do rehearsal or we had to do a show, how we could let our kids get in the way of that. Like mm. he felt like there was a time to be the father and that you still had to get your grind on. Yeah. And he didn't understand like a father's schedule. And I got to be honest with you, I was with him on that because I wasn't a father when Paul and Heck were having kids. Mm. So I would be with him like, yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand that shit either. Why can't they just come to the studio and then see the kids in the morning? And <laughs> but, but you see, really quick, the, the, it wasn't that I didn't understand. It was that I'm like, listen, dick fucks, you didn't want to wear a condom. And you had fucking years old. It's your fault. You want to cry because you can't do shit. That's not me. That's you. Don't tell me you want to be a rapper, but then use the 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 accident. You know, I don't want to say that it's an accident, but I know that if not taking the right precautions, if that's really what you, know, you want to do, it, it, I'm here fucking strapping it up, waiting till I'm fucking <laughs> with white beards to have kids. You know, you could do the fucking same thing. Like that. That was just my approach to it. Now, of course, looking back. I could have now I understand more of the struggle they went through, but I, my sentiment is still the same. Like, hey, guys, you weren't responsible. That's not my fault. Don't tell me you wanted a career and at the same time be irresponsible and still want the career. That was my thing. Got it. So once a dick, always a dick. It's basically yeah, okay. basically that's what it was. <laughs> right, good. Yeah. Love I mean, them all, though. I love them all. But, but actually, I do understand that the, the whole like because most of majority of my friends who had kids had them earlier on in life. And I was the one who like not clown into the point of getting people pissed off, but it's like, if we, we were going to go do something and it was, you know, some people who had kids and had a house and all that kind of stuff, you know, they're like, oh, I can't tonight because I got a kids or you know, I got to move somewhere. It's because the better, there's a better school, uh school system there you know that kind of stuff to me that was like funny like what you're gonna move just because there's better school somewhere like what the, what the hell are you talking about <laughs> you know, that right. kind of stuff and then, the now, hood? <laughs> and then and then now well just even like like why are you giving yourself like why are you the idea that like not even knowing about any of that kind of stuff and the idea of like man you got to create all this work for yourself just because you you know there's a better school somewhere or mm. young you you know, you, you don't not thinking in that, but now looking back and now going through it all, now it's like, oh shit, it all makes sense because I'm doing the same thing. Like I'm telling people, no, nah, I'm not coming out because I wake up early, or you know, I want to, I want to yeah. make sure that I'm, that, that I'm, that I'm, uh, you know, put my 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 son to sleep and you know, later later for all that. So, uh, I mean, if I, yo, I go out now. Like I used to be going out till six, seven in the morning. Like, I, I go, I go, I go to a nightclub now. Even like a red man, con- like I remember we went to the last show I went to with E was a red man show. He didn't get out till two, man. I was like dead. I was so tired, yo. But like, I mean, I stayed for the show, but like by one a.m., bro, I'm checking out. Like that's Rachel Maddow hour. Like I'm, I'm watching <laughs> Rachel Maddow and I'm going to sleep, you know. So like, um, but back to what you were talking about. In all fairness to E, though he was putting thousands of dollars of his own money into studio time and promotion and investing in all of us. So I think a part of it also was, you know, bro, I'm spending my own hard earned money here to make you guys have a career, but you don't want to work because you have a kid. I don't think he was trying to hear that shit at that time. And I couldn't get it, you know? So look, I don't want to make this a crazy hood productions, uh, autobiography, (laughs) But it wasn't that I was putting all this money. I mean, it was just every, just the, the the whole idea of, you know, like being real with yourself. Like, you know, don't don't pretend you want to do one thing, but then now you have 
these responsibilities. And then, you know, it's like, you got to figure it out, buddy. Like, like just figure it out. Like, and let's, and then, and, and, you know, let's work, let's work it out and, and be responsible and schedule things out properly. Not just fucking, Oh, and then last minute you're throwing other people off. And that was just my thing at a young age. I was like, damn, dude, you guys are stunting what you want to do, you know? And I'm here purposely trying not to stunt what I'm trying to do. So let's figure this the fuck out, guys. But I love everybody's kids. I love everybody. I'm glad they had them because I love those kids. You know, I'm godfather to a lot of them. And, and you know, and they're all great parents, by the way, which is a, which is a plus in our crew. Yeah, uh, also, like, he's got a point. Like, now that I have a daughter, like, it's not like you brought it up early, like, you used to MC, and it's not that I don't. Like, I'm always going to rap. You know, like, I, it's part of me, right? But, man, I, I think about the schedule I used to keep back then of trying to get on and sitting in parking lots and doing shows and going. And I'm like, yeah, I just want to be my kid. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to go take a 20 hour drive to New York to try to do a show and then come back. And I, I don't do any of that crap unless you're paying me. I'm not moving for my daughter. You know, like now my time is legit value to me, right. you know, and it's valuable to her. So, bro. And, and looking back now that I think about it, all my friends with all the kids at a young age, they actually, as much shit that I gave them, they did a lot of shit being parents. <laughs> and I could not imagine, you know, I've asked, I've asked Paul, um, a.k.a. Dream Champ Sports, a.k.a. Dream Big Hip Hop, a.k.a. Willy Wonka of the South. <laughs> I asked him, I'm like, bro, how did you guys do it, man? Like, who took care of these kids? I forgot what he told me. We'll have him on again for the, like, 17th time. <laughs> yo, yo, God, what, what's the deal with... Um, what's Gar, bro? That's, that's, yo, that's my, that's my pet yo, name. Gar. Yo, it's Gar. Your thing. <laughs> yo, Gar. <laughs> I thought I was in a Wu-Tang album. I'm it. too lazy to say the Sia. <laughs> that's our Apple Watch gang gang nickname, bro. Don't worry about it. Yo, Gar, I owe you the Sia. Let's go. <laughs> I owe you the Sia. How do you... How do you... How was this... Um, I guess the last stretch of school. I mean, school's about to start up for your daughter soon, it sounds like. How how was this, you know, the end of the school year with her, you know, having to be virtual, I assume. Well, no, I know. Um, and and how, because now it's like you split custody, right? Mm-hmm. She's got to be online doing her school thing. So it's an added kind of pressure, I guess, right? Moving from place to place. Plus the virtual school thing, like normalcy is completely out the window. How how does she fare? And what was your like observation well, the, of how she was the doing? The beauty the beauty of that was, you know, when the school shut down, my industry shut down for like two three months. Ah. So ain't nobody filming nothing. No, nobody's doing anything. Everybody's trying to figure it out. So I'm always available, right? And last year for Christmas, before all this popped off, I had bought her a brand new MacBook. So she already had the laptop. So we were straight there. Mm. Um, aside from that, it was just scheduling. The, the thing that was really hard for her is, like I told you, she's now 12. So she's going into that phase where she's starting to get independent and or searching for her independence. And she had just got her first heat game. She wanted to go watch the heat. Game got canceled. So she had she had youth fair tickets. Got canceled. You know, she was going to go to the mall with her friends first time out canceled like everything just shut down yo kids go so, out by themselves at 12 years old yeah back, no no yeah, no, no, back, no, no. backtrack that for a sec because <laughs> no, 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 no. she 
She was gonna go out like like a little play date that weekend. You know what I'm saying with her friends and her mom. But that, I don't uh, think I don't think she no. would want you to call it a play date. I think she. <laughs> no. But you know, her, trust she me, this podcast is not cool to her. No, but she, but she, she she had never uh, been to a professional sporting event. You know, like she had never seen that. You know, she hadn't mm-hmm. gone to the youth fair without. Like in other words, it would have been like her mother or me taking her to the youth fair with her friends, and it's just one adult. Stop, I don't know, man. Yeah, like chaperoning it versus, oh, you're going to the youth fair with me and mommy. Like, no. Right. It's like, now you got your homies and I'll just stand off in the cut and make sure you guys don't kill each other or get kidnapped. You know? So, um, but all that's dead now. Like, she can't do any of that. And uh, I think she had her first mall experience, I think, last two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I took her to the mall. Um, And her mom took her last weekend. But even that's strange, man. Um, As far as school opening now, she really wants to go back. But she's also 12. She doesn't get it. Right. And I'm not trying to have her get sick at all. So I'm, I'm a little nervous about it. If they force her to, they will. But I'm going to try to keep her home as long as I fucking can until I get an all clear. You know? So Hey, they going back to the independent status. So you'd mentioned that your daughter is able to stay home by herself now? Uh, yeah, for like four or five hours. Okay. Be. <laughs> when, did, when did that start? Kay was like... <laughs> no, because I know, because I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like that's something that I know, like when I was a kid. I mean, I was home alone, yeah, mad young. young. Like yeah. we can't imagine that now. No, yeah, I think yeah we, we yeah, talked yeah. about this before, and I'm just, I'm it's just thinking, like fucking terrifying, dude. like <laughs> it's fucking terrifying. And the first couple of weeks of us trying, it would be like one day a week or two days a week. If her mother had to work, she'd be like, "Daddy, just let me be." But mm-hmm. I wasn't trusted. I wasn't trusting none of that shit. I was like, "What do you mean, just let you be? I'm not gonna just let you. No, no, don't worry. I'll be all right." For and mom's like, "You gotta let go, you know, let go, Mike. You know, you gotta. You're too much." I'm like, "All right." So every hour on the hour, I'm FaceTiming her and shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? It's great. And it, it's it's a hard pill to swallow, you know. But yeah, and sometimes I'll just be like. 30 blocks away from my house by her house to <laughs> drive by and make sure there's no random car in the driveway. You know, like I was, I was just doing random weird shit, you know, but it, it, you gotta, you gotta accept it, man. They, they grow up and you gotta let it be like, she's got her own cell phone now. That's weird too. You know? So I, 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 I she's had her own cell phone for about a year, but she's got no social media. I'm not allowing that yet. So, but is she TikToking? She does TikToks with her mother on her TikTok. Right. That's what uh, my daughter does, too. She takes my, my wife's I phone. I don't know what the right is. Maybe you guys can help me. I'm like, we need to let her have an Instagram. Or, 42. Uh, Never. Probably 42. Yeah, I don't know. When When does Medicaid start for people? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. This shit is good. That's an Instagram issue. <laughs> Yo, this shit is scary, though. You know, like her mother, we had a huge fight over that. I don't know if I told this story the last one, but her mother, I came back from L.A. from doing a video last year. My, I got a follow from my kid, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, I remember you, you said that. Yeah, you didn't yeah. mention it. So, what? Like, this is not popping. <laughs> I was like, like, you cannot do this shit. Like, I had to shut that whole shit down. I became the bad guy for a little bit, but... All now, my friends okay. have an Instagram. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, no. <laughs> okay, let me let me ask a question related to this now. So, I mean, disagreements when it comes to parenting, like mm-hmm. between the parents. Yeah, like, how do you guys deal with it, and how important is it for you, for everyone to kind of maintain the, the, at least in front of your kids, the look that you know, mom and dad are unified on all the decision-making 
And do you run into instances where you guys may disagree and then some of the kids find out about that disagreement and it kind of adds fuel to them to, to, to push for what they want? Uh, me and the mother of my child and my fiance, like we're pretty aligned on everything morality wise or life wise that we think is appropriate or inappropriate for my daughter. You know, like there was a time frame when she couldn't watch PG 13 movies. We're like, eh, it's 12 years old. She's close enough. You know, she can start watching PG 13 shit. You know, she can watch R rated heart. She loves horror movies. So she can watch like R rated horror movies. If there's no nudity or explicit sex scenes in it, you know? Um, but if my kid really wants something, she's not stupid because I would advise every separated couple to do this, but just work your shit out in court and have something in paper that can't be broken. Um, don't just leave it up. Cause once that happens, like there's really no if, ands or buts. Like we, it's set in stone, the disciplinary actions between the parents for the kid or, or the rules that apply to the child. So like my, the mother, of my child can't change my daughter's school without my approval. And I can't change my daughter's religion without her approval. She cannot, my daughter cannot get a driver's license unless we both agree on it. So we basically are co-parenting, which okay. is a beautiful thing. You know, my kid knows that now and she'll be like, Hey mom, I, I, I really want acrylic nails. And her mom will be like, Oh, I don't see a problem with that. Oh dad, can I have acrylic nails? No. Mommy said yes. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> so then I got to like go back. So she'll play us in advance of each other. Yeah. You know? Um, that, that's, she's getting slick like that now, but we don't really argue. There's always a, it's always a, a pretty level headed conversation because it's already been worked out in court, you know? Ah, uh, okay. I was going to say that's a lie, Garcia. Cause fucking, I mean, you're Cuban argue, B. No, no, we <laughs> argue, but it's, it's not like what it was when we first broke up. There's right. no yelling. There's no screaming. There's no cursing. Right. Um, the main thing we beef about is time, you know? Mm -hmm. So who gets her win? You know, because I have like 48% custody. So it's like, if I go, say I have to go out of town for a job right now, I'll go out of town for a job. Well, I missed my weekend. Who are you going to give me that weekend back though? So I'm going to take two weeks in a row. And she'll be like, no, you can't do that. It's my weekend. I'll be like, yeah, I'll give you two. And so we're always negotiating on the time now. We're always flipping the time around to make sure that, which is cool because she's willing to do it because she needs a break too. You right. know? So she's like, yo, take her. It's like, dope. And I take her all the time. So, so Manny, in a, in a house where, you know, you've got your wife there, what's the alliance look like in terms of forward facing from the kids? Like, do they see cracks and, or do you and your wife have, uh, I guess, you know, any conflict in terms of like, you want to, you know, you think something should go one way. She thinks it should go another, or do you say those things in front of your kids or do you keep that quiet in between you two? Nah, we, we might, oh him okay sorry. We, yeah we we kind of we do show it like we don't um we don't hold back too much like I th I think it's important for them to understand what reality is right to a to a certain extent right I don't it's not it's like we're not like screaming at each other like really violent or abusive language or anything like that it's more like discussion she's Cuban so it's elevated hmm. discussion right. And then I'm not going to just be down here, my elephant. So we're, we're talking loud, but we're not threatening each other or being like disrespectful to each other. The tone is loud. So there'll be just logical discussion. And at a certain point, 
if I don't feel like it's worth the battle, I just back off and I'm like, yo, don't, I, I, I say this all the time and the kids look at me like, fuck, great. Now dad's like going to be off in, the, in his corner and shit. But like, I'll be like, yo, don't listen to anything I say anymore. Just go to mom. If you want anything, just go to your mother. Don't pretend like I'm not even your dad. I'm just your friend right now. <laughs> and they get everybody gets mad. And I'm just like, yo, fuck it. Like, yo, you want that? Go get it. <laughs> and, and that's kind of how I just back away from the situation. And they, they everybody kind of, you know, feels a way about it. But that's like the extent of it. Um, it's funny. My, my kids, we asked them, like, do you think mommy and dad get upset at each other? And they're like, yeah, all the time. And we're like, we're like what? Like, yo, I, like I can't, I, I can't think of one instance where we're like really upset at each other, in front of the kids or not. Like we, we've never gotten to that point. So for them to say that, that guy in his perfect life over there, nah, not at all, not at all. But like, but like we, we're, we're animated people. So right. and we fuck around. So like, I'll be like, yo, shut the fuck up. But I'm playing, and they know I'm playing. <laughs> But, but, <laughs> but it's like regular shit. Hey, and, then, and then she'll hit me with some <laughs> shit. Someone's going to say that to them and they're going to be like, <laughs> nah, like but we, but we, they look at us like, oh, we know we're not supposed to say that shit, but that's right, right, right. just kind of crazy. <laughs> so, so it's, it's stuff like that. So I think that, that the shock factor is really what they're talking about. It's not like, oh, mom and dad are fucking, there's going to be a divorce. No, it's not, none of that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I, my kids are obviously too young, but as much as I try to, to I'm like, I'm never gonna argue in front of my kids. <sighs> That's not happening. And we're me and my girl are two stubborn ass Gemini's. So it, it, it. What's funny is I look at my daughter sometimes when me and my girl are arguing over something, and my daughter's like, "Whatever, guys." She's like, doesn't hear it. <laughs> so I'm like wondering, like, what's going on in that brain? Is she like scared? Is she worried? <laughs> What is she thinking? She's just like look at us and she goes, whatever, you know. <laughs> I, I can't imagine in your household, Kay, this much arguing. No, nah, not 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 too much. Uh, I was asking this question in particular because we had um, and usually I'd say you know an important thing for my wife and I have been, has been to try to stay unified in terms of like what flies and what doesn't fly in terms of you know the things that we discipline our son on or allow him to do or reactions that, you know, we, we try to stay as unified as possible um, just to try to give him some consistency as well. And not, and you know, if, if there are like differences between us and ways that we approach stuff, like try to take that between us. So he's not necessarily like in the mid, in the middle of it. Um, and I may, it might've been a couple weeks ago. I don't know that, something happened with my son and my wife and I, I walked in and, and I, and I wasn't, I didn't necessarily agree with what was going on or the reactions that were happening. And I thought that like, so my son had left, but then he was playing slick, I guess, and hanging around to listen. And so, you know, we started having our conversation and then, um, and then when we were all together, you know, we started talking about it again because he was upset. And then basically he ended up, mim you know, mimicking what I said, basically taking my words to my wife and then repeating them. You know, <laughs> this is why I'm upset. <laughs> and then, that, and then the, so then that started a whole thing because then it was like, all right, 
he's now playing, you know, playing he's now, yeah. So now it's like, now it feels like the gang obsession because, you know, he knows that, okay, well, dad feels a different way than, than mom right now. So I can, you know, I can work this angle, that, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, and so that was, you know, that was interesting. I mean, obviously got, got through it and figured it out, but it was just a, a, another, you know, for my wife, it was definitely a reminder of like, look, you know, this is why we don't want, you know, uh, we'd like to try to stay unified. And because for him, we know that it just like emboldens him to start acting certain ways. If he knows that the parents, aren't, you know, us aren't on the same page yeah. with things. I don't know why I picture Kay when, when it gets tense in his home, that they all sit down on the floor and put on like an <laughs> audio book of the Dalai Lama. <laughs> <laughs> and it all goes away. <laughs> I wish it were that easy. Guy, <laughs> <laughs> right, can, can we switch gears for a second? Because I, I, no. I, I have to bring this up. So y- y- y'all have heard or heard of um, Cardi B and Meg, Meg Thee Stallion's song WAP. Right. Right. WAP. Yeah. Well, I don't understand what all the craziness is about. The, the wet ass pussy song. So Whoa. look, well, when you put it that way, I mean that's what it stands for. <laughs> that's, that's what it stands for, yeah. Exactly. So, so my daughter, my thirteen-year-old, she goes, "Oh my god, that song with Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion is so good." Yeah, I'm like, "Go, go ahead, play it." So she plays it, and you the know, dirty version. It's the only version, <laughs> yeah. Huh? Nah, there's a clean version. Nah, I know, I know, but that's the one she was listening to. Oh and my god. So, so uh-huh. okay, so back back to like disagreements, right? So check this out. So I tell her to play it. I already know. I hadn't heard the song yet, but I already yeah. know because not necessarily Meg Thee Stallion, but because of Cardi B. I figured right. it was going to be outlandish. So she's playing it on like a smart speaker. So everybody's hearing it. Four-year-old, seven-year-old, oh, 13-year-old. My mom's here. <laughs> everybody. Right? <clears throat> and that's just going. Just and the then, song. Not the video, right? Not the video? Just the song. Just the song. Okay. Okay. And all sorts of crazy <laughs> shit. Eat this, suck that, <laughs> all this, right? And and I look at my wife. I, I know what's happening, so I don't even like pay attention to the lyrics. I'm just looking at my wife like and my wife all of a sudden, she's not paying attention. She turns around. She's like, Oh my God. I was like, No, 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 oh my gods. You said it was okay for her to do what she wanted, right? This is what that looks like. Yo, and I'm like, and I, to my daughter, I'm like, yo, you love that song, right? Oh my god, it's so good. Yo, your daughter loves suck this, eat that. Oh my god! <laughs> In front of my daughter. In front of my daughter. And then my daughter's like, "Yeah, it's such a good song. It's just lyrics. It's just." I'm like, "Yeah, it's just lyrics." Yo, my wife was losing it, and she's like, "No, you can't listen to that." I was like, "You can't do that." I was like, "You can't tell her yes, it's all good, no holds barred." And then you come around and you start censoring shit. Like it can't be both ways. So my daughter's like, "Yeah, dad." I'm like, "Chill out." Chill out. <laughs> I'm not on your team right now. <laughs> Yo, but Manny, let me ask you this. Would it would it be really weird and awkward? And I know this it would be to ask your daughter, so why is it so good? For her, it's more about I did ask her. And for her, it's the beat. Like she knows what's being said. She's not. I just oblivious. put the instrumental version on and see if Yeah, like, right now. So it good. wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't go as hard. <laughs> Oh, here's an even better version of it. It's a really like <laughs> now this version. <laughs> what fire? Oh, listen to this. The original sample comes from. You're gonna listen to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> listen to that version. 
<laughs> the booty tank version. <laughs> but that's what she said. I mean, look, like, let's be honest. What even when I hear it, like I I it's really raunchy, right? I don't necessarily agree with the lyrical content, but the way it's put together, I appreciate. Like, I think Cardi can flow. Meg's dope lyricist also. So I mean, I, look, content I wise, lyricism. Okay, mean, fine, but it's a good song. <laughs> like they can put a good song right. together. Uh, so from that respect, like I, I like it, but like for my daughter to be listening to it, I'm no. not fucking with that. Yeah, yo, when I remember when Cardi B put out that record, what was that song? Uh, Fuck them, then I get some money. Right, remember that one. Right, that shit was all over the radio. My daughter would be, she wouldn't know the curse word though, so she was like nine or ten. She's like, then I get some money. Right. Then I'm like, oh, I just I thought back immediately to when I was a kid and my mother was trying to censor me from listening to NWA. And two life crew and 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 she would tell me one day you're gonna have kids and you're gonna understand it. I'm like, nah, I'm gonna let my kids listen to whatever they want. And now I have kids. So it's like and it's like not that dope. I want I wanna be that parent, right? I wanna be able to just be like, yo, listen to whatever. And I feel like I'm I feel like my kids Yeah, man, there's no. bound certain boundaries. Like my mom didn't she didn't censor anything. She bought me two life crew, she bought me NWA. And she, but did you know, she know? Yeah, did, she would tell did me. She, did she know? No, the, no. What, what, what was in she, there? Once she heard, she bought me <laughs> these things before she knew what it was. Oh, okay. Right. But I told her, you know, I they, you know, they slapped parental advisories. I need you to go and cop this for me. <laughs> and um, and then when I came home and I blasted out my room, she's like, <laughs> and then and then I'm breaking down to my mom like the cultural societal. You know, significance and what it all means, and trying to break down lyrics. And I really did as a little kid. I was doing that, and she was like, "I don't buy it, but okay." okay. Because she was trying to like, I guess like, uh, I don't know, like you know, like nurture my artistic side or whatever. Oh, that's dope. That's and dope. not and and you know and and if anything, I could always go and be like, "Remember, you left Cuba because of communism, censorship. Blah, blah, blah. This is America." You know. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but with that, all that being said, I do think that, you know, at an age, a certain age, hearing certain things and I don't know, I feel like the music back then, maybe not to live crew, but right. definitely like a NWA or public enemy there, there, there was meaning behind what they were talking about. They were reporting stuff, you know, well, to Life crew was reporting stuff too. <laughs> yeah. The other stuff. I don't know, bro. No, don't let your little kids listen to this. Shit. <laughs> no so, wait, so, 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 where does it stand now with your daughter listening to that song? Is, is it off limits? Nah, you know, or is it, or is it now? Nah, I'd be like, yo, put that Meg the Stallion on, son. And she's like looking at her mom, like mom. She, my wife's like, fuck that. I'm like, all right, so go listen to it in your room then. <laughs> yeah, play it, play it the other way, and act like you're so down with it that she's gonna think it's whack, and she'll just. Go the other way. No. You know? <laughs> my daughter won't. My daughter just needs. Oh, no. She just. She doesn't need anybody to be on her team. But as soon as she has one of us on her team, that shit is like a thousand. Like it's like heavy repping, whatever it is. Oh, got it. So yeah. okay. So this is what I'm thinking right now. That that because I'm trying to like debate it in, in my mind. Like because I don't think you should censor this stuff. I I do believe in letting kids. You know whatever. Let them listen to it. And as long as you're your the parenting is there and you're instilling the morals. They're, they'll be fine. But then I'm thinking like, 
it's one thing that you're parenting well and you know when when nwa says or anybody says you know i'm a cop killer or fuck the police or i'm gonna fucking shoot you and you know whatever do all this crazy stuff they're like that's too outlandish i'm not gonna do it you know but then when it becomes like sexual or things that a rapper portrays that is more realistic follow me here maybe i'm going down a rabbit hole maybe the kids start to say no no no, that's actually attainable you know like i can do these things that they're kind of mentioning and describing Jesus. no i don't know does that make any sense i just i want to throw up now (laughs) let let me ask you a question man um if your daughter was into a male rapper though right like say it was Doctor. She Drake, loves Drake. And, and, she loves Drake. Oh no, no, but yeah, but Drake's not doing this. Not Doctor like, Drake, oh, Manny. Doctor no, Drake. No, no, no. <laughs> Drake's not. Drake doesn't go this far. But like you know, if, if bitches ain't shit, but a hoes and tricks came out right now, and your daughter was singing "Bitches Ain't Shit" but a hoes and tricks, you know, or NWA, she swallowed it. Mm-hmm. Would you be? Would you be more okay with that than a female artist? Because basically, what wet ass pussy is is, is the, the empowerment to all. Is the yeah. is the it's the it's the the, the you know the, the, the pendulumship to all the, the chauvinistic. And, shit and mind you, they took uh, Uncle Al got a big up Uncle Al hose in, in the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah facts. I hope they're getting paid over there. No, I I, so, I I wouldn't feel any different. It's actually Frank Ski from Baltimore. Toma. So he took it from them. I think so. Yeah, because that that was like a hip house track. I was just reading a thing about it. They had like a what thing year about was the that sample. hip house track? It was um in the eighties. Oh, okay, so yeah, Uncle Al. Yeah. I think it came from like wild, it was like a wild pitch single or something like that. Damn, yeah. I hope Uncle Al paid them then. The more you- <laughs> rest hey, in peace, Uncle Al. Uncle Al. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, whatever, whatever guy you're talking about, you know, he made it a hot line. Uncle Al made it a hot song. Moving right. on. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, I, I want to know um, honestly. Like, are you okay? Would you be okay if it was like? Is it harder to swallow when you hear a female? Whoa. Pause. Pause. <laughs> Please. It's 2020, guys. Gargle <laughs> it, man. And then spit it out. No, to answer your question, it, it wouldn't make What's a difference. What's the name of that NWA song again? <laughs> she, she swallowed it. it. I don't think that was the name of it, though. It Actually, might as well. What's the name of it? She swallowed it is the name of it. What is it? Don't bite it? It's, wait, what is no, it? Just don't bite it is the other part of she swallowed it. There's two. Oh, no, no, I know, but the, don't bite it. I don't know. Some shit. All right, let's get back to what was it? I think you don't understand what I'm saying, though, right? Like, the fact is, a female, like, yo, park your truck in my fucking garage and get some of this wet-ass pussy, which I think is an actual line right. from the song. The, is, is it harder to hear that coming from a female as your daughter is listening to it going, yo, this is hot? No, it's not. I think it would be just as bad if it was a dude saying it and the daughter, his daughter listening but, to but, it. But So here, here's my take, right? Like, I don't necessarily, I don't agree with kids listening to that kind of stuff, period. But. But were you a kid listening to that kind of stuff? I absolutely was, which is why... This, uh, uh, which okay, is, just wanted to know. No, absolutely. So this is definitely hypocritical. But I trust my daughter so much that when she do, when I find out that she's listening to that, I ask her questions about it. I don't necessarily tell her, what the fuck are you doing? No, you can't do that. I'm okay. over, I try to understand what she's getting out of it first. And then I, it's obvious nine times out of ten, she doesn't even understand what she's listening to. Right. And so I go and I actually explain it to her because I'm I'm, and as bad as it is, I want her to understand, because for me, I need her to be responsible in what it is that she is basically ingesting and Mm -hmm. and know what like if she decides she's going to repeat any of it, she needs to know what it means. And then if Mm -hmm. she does it, it, she's probably going to get asked about her mother. 
But at the same time, like I need understanding to me is more important than the trash that's there because I, I feel I know how responsible she has been and I trust that she'll continue to be this. I think she's taking it simply as entertainment as raunchy and shit as it is. I don't necessarily fear consequences because of influence from a song like that. I think, it all, I think it all has an effect though. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm with you on it all. I mean, but I, I can even just look at from, I don't know, my, like we've been watching a lot of movies lately. Um, just during COVID like, lockdown and all like that kind fa- of stuff. Family and, flicks. Well, I try to steer it in that way. And then sometimes like, you know, my son is like, Oh, you know, he, he likes, you know, he likes the PG 13 movies where it's inappropriate language. And, you know, he thinks it's funny and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, he's on that tip of like, Oh, let's watch, you know, like, yeah, the family stuff is cool. Yeah. Airbud, Great. But let's watch, you know, let's watch something. <laughs> let's watch Andrew. vacation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's watch vacation instead. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and, um, and so like, we'll let him, like we've, you know, we've let him watch some inappropriate stuff, inappropriate language. You know, he doesn't know what some of the stuff Ooh, is, right? Is breaking the leather. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what some of the stuff is. And it's like when some things happen kind of and we don't see a response from him, even though we know it's like uh, my wife and I will kind of look at each other at the side of our eyes like, oh, shit. But he doesn't, you know, it's kind of over his head. So we're like, all right, cool. Do you do the parents guide in IMBD? No. Nah. I probably oh, I there's a parents guide. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. If you you can look up any movie and it'll say parents guide and it'll tell you like uh there's a scene where nipples are shown from a female oh, okay. breast and then yeah, uh, so you'll that. know what to expect before it comes up. Just yeah. on the bottom of the MBD of any movie, just click parents guide. That's how we always like oh, look up that. the R-rated movie we're showing my daughter or anything. Make sure there's no nudity or sex. It'll have a parents guide for you. Okay, so. I need that. The One- the but but I say all that because uh but then I can also notice it's like. Maybe we'll go through a couple a day, you know, a week and we'll watch some movies that that are a little bit elevated for him in terms of just, you know, inappropriate language or just more adult and cynical and that kind of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I can then we can start to notice like all of a sudden he'll be coming off with like cynical comments and cynical yeah. remarks or acting a certain way. And it's clearly because, you know, we've let him we've exposed his exposed him to some things so whether or not he's regurgitating it you know word for word or whatever he's still catching that vibe and then trying to figure out how he can you know how he can work it into what he does and what he says and things like that and then we know it's like ah you know oh we got to shut you down now because you know obviously you're not ready for this kind of stuff because you don't you're not processing it and you're getting into a different direction than what all this is intended for so it does have a, you can see just, you know, little, little bits will just seep in and it's not like we can protect them. That's can shelter them all from it. You know, that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's too big a battle to fight and think you're going to win. So the way I look at it is like, and again, thinking about our own upbringing, right? Like we were yeah, exposed to, to all this yeah. stuff. And at some point we were able to kind of parse it, but even like in our own circles, like we, just like we did for a second right now. Like we bring back a lot of these things and they're topics of conversation and we talk about it, but you know, I I think it's just part of culture and growing up. Yeah. I think we'd be lying to ourselves if we didn't think that 
the music. And and the thing is, not all media is equal because whatever's cool to you growing up is what's going to influence you and your friends the most. Whatever's cool to you and your friends. And I think we'd be lying if we didn't say that the music we grew up on that was, you know, a lot of misogyny in it and that we didn't grow up with those ideas and a lot of gangster shit that we didn't grow up with those ideas and that we didn't kind of like, you know, mimic some of that stuff and carry it to this day probably with us. Yeah. Um, and we got to be honest about it. Like, we just yeah. got to be real about it, you know. And then then it goes back to how good the parenting was or or your upbringing to a degree to help kind of like help you that not define who you are. And you kind of come out of that and evolve out of that and understand what what those influences were. But not everybody it's hard. You know, can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, you're talking about your daughter. She's 13, right? Yeah. So you said, yeah, mine's 12. It's a really funky age, right? Because like now, her their friends are cooler than us, right? You know, big time, <laughs> way fucking cooler than us, you know. And the music she's listening to, just like when we were 12 or 13, is going to start impressioning. And at least when I grew up, I was hanging out with some pretty wild guys, you know. And every I throw my some of that Joski was- love on for man. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like you know, it's uh, uh, there's a, there's a lot of there was a lot of gangster rap at the time. I remember I had a conversation with Merz, and he literally told me he's like, "Yo, I remember I didn't know how to respect a woman till much later in my life because of rap." Wow, you know, I would hear "bitches ain't shit" and "bitch better have my money," and whenever I try to stay faithful for one girl, I felt like a fucking sucker because right. of all the people I icon- I you know I viewed as iconic made me feel that I'd be a sucker for being faithful to one girl or falling in love is like being a sucker. Yeah. And it really blew my mind. Cause I was like, damn, he's right. You know, like, you know, I know a lot of dudes that get caught up in the game that they shouldn't have got caught up in, but it's just, they watch minutes of society and boys in the hood. And they start becoming these characters. I remember shit me at 14. I, I, I was, I was a big Tupac fan. I always wore a wife beater and baggy jeans that would sag and shit, you know? And like, I, cause I wanted to dress like Tupac. That's what Tupac wore. I wanted to wear that shit, you know. So it will have an effect. On you look just like him too well. when you did. <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, but but uh, but I think it's going to have an effect on us regardless. The, the question is, you know, is hoeing going to be normalized? <laughs> you know, like I don't. Well, know. it has been. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta go, guys. <laughs> I got fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. Save. All right, well, Garcia, it was a pleasure as as always. Go get your fucking rings closed, uh, because time's a wasting. Hey, fuck it, I'm already close. Oh shit, I'm about a hundred calories away. Yeah, come on. Hey, baby. listen, uh, oh, I just got you. Just yo, yeah, yeah, drain my stand goal though. I just hit my stand goal. Not even standing. You're gonna get an update. Yes, uh, fake listen, news over there, bro. If I can, if I can just say one thing though, uh, go to MTV.com and vote for Machine Gun Kelly Bloody Valentine video and the best alternative category you can vote up to 10 times a day and there's a power hour where you can do it 20 times a day so just go in there make your vote help your boy bring some shit home thank you all right man congratulations again and uh, we look forward to you bringing it home yeah i can't believe we just ended fatherhoods with is hoeing going to become normalized (laughs) like (laughs) and and listen guys i think that's that's the cliff that's the cliffhanger for next no and the other cliffhangers i didn't get to bring up operation underground railroad which i want to talk about it a little bit more so next week all right. yep. uh, we'll talk about it some more because it's a really dope organization and a film that's out there that everybody should watch. Dope. Awesome. Peace. Yo, guys, thank you so much for having me, man. Bye. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Later. Later. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one.
Be a father to your child. 